good morning, good evening, and what's up? Welcome to Table Flip, episode 15, and I am joined once again in the studio by Nick and Matt. How are you guys doing? Don't doing great. This evening. Don't everyone speak at once, but just, you know, everyone can speak at once. That, that's fine. Matt, you go first. <laughs> yes. All right. Hello, everyone. Yeah. It's been a fun week. It's Christmas time. Chris no, so shh. I... It's, that's not politically correct. It's it's holiday time. Yay. No, I'm pretty sure it's Christmas yeah, that's yeah, this no, week. No, it, there are other holidays, but it, this week's Christmas. It, it definitely is Christmas time. Um, I am joining you from my um, in-law's house on my wife's laptop. Nice. So hopefully my sound's okay this week. Oh, it sounds peachy keen. Nick, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? It's uh, it's good to be here. Hopefully uh, everyone will have this while they're on vacation. They can listen to it while they're at their respective families' places or wherever they are on the holidays. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to get this episode out tonight and upload it. It's a little bit early there. so. But we do have a special guest in the studio with us. It is going to be Josh, a.k.a. Lethal Hobo. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Uh, Josh is responsible for the Hobo table that we talked about uh, last episode. Um, his original deck gave me kind of an interesting idea with uh, Ghosts of the uh, Dark Side, and we kind of went from there. His deck is a lot of fun to play, a lot of interesting control while being able to attack and use Tractor Beam to like do like super damage and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Great, great deck. Um, is it on the um, deck list on Card Game DB yet? Uh, no, I haven't put it on there. Okay. All right. Well, if if you don't get around to it this week, uh, I'll, I'll put it up for our listeners to check it out once again. But, uh, guys, topics this week are going to be as follows. We're going to be talking about the balance of the Force uh, 1 versus 1 objective sets and how they kind of add some cool differentiating things to the uh, light side as well as the dark side. And I'm uh, going to be talking about uh, uh, Nate's deck that uh, he shared with me uh, that he's been playing. It's kind of a you-can't-damage-my-objective, neener, 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 and then I kill your face with the executor deck. That's the official name that I'm calling it. I'm not sure what he calls it, but it's a very, very long name that I'm calling it because uh, I've been having a lot of success with it. Um, I usually end with, like, none of my objective damage, and it's it, it's ridiculous. It's a lot of fun. Um so we're going to be talking about that, and then we're going to be talking about um, some ways that the light side has seen some interesting deck changes with the objective sets. So, first of all, how has everyone's week been, and are you guys ready for Christmas? Nick, we'll start with you. Uh, my week's been pretty good. Um, I got a lot of gift uh, shopping done early, so oh. I think I'm pretty good. Uh, I still have work this week, so... Yeah, uh, too. Yeah, no vacation prior to. I'll probably get a half day on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day off, and then uh, back to work. But uh, already settled up on New Year's Eve plans, which is nice. And I'm looking forward to uh, a really good, relaxing Wednesday. So nice. that's it. Awesome. Um, Matt, how about yourself? It's been a good week. I um, got off work Friday and drove the seven hours to Indianapolis from East Tennessee. And have a week off now so get to do things like play cards or every other board game under the sun my in-laws are board game people nice it, it usually goes that either myself or my brother-in-law finds a game and then the other one buys it and if everyone likes it his parents buy it too nice All because right. 
you know, we need to have three copies of the game between us that we only play when we're all together anyways. Of course. I mean, you, you, you got to have what everyone else has, man. It's just That's just how it goes. Just, just exactly. Yes. You guys got to play Cards Against Humanity with your in-laws. That that's a fun time. Amazing. <laughs> oh, the, we did the, the dirty minds of Cards Against no, We did that for Thanksgiving with my parents. It was uh, pretty hilarious. It really shows a lot, a lot, a lot about a, a person, doesn't it? <laughs> Ah, oh, the minds of people. You just never know. You just never know. Josh, how's your week, Ben? Uh, pretty good. Finished up work on Friday, and then uh, yesterday we went to a Netrunner tournament where <laughs> we kind of toyed around with a couple interesting decks on that game. But then we uh, played some games against the challenge decks afterward, and it was pretty cool. So Awesome. Uh, how, how'd your Netrunner stuff go? Uh, well, <laughs> I got like uh, there was about 14 people that showed up. We have a big Netrunner meta, mm-hmm. and um, I think I got somewhere around like seventh or eighth. But uh, isn't bad. Yeah, there's a there's an interesting combo you can use with the new data pack as the corp that totally makes you discard your whole pile and then you do an insane amount of damage to the runner and then they just die. So that was nice. kind of fun. Very, <laughs> very cool. It's always fun to be like, I'm gonna repeat this combo 17 million times or or. Kind of, you know, those kind of mechanics, and your partner just kind of goes, "Oh, yeah, yes, you are." Okay. Yeah, just, just, just the look on their face when they saw it, when they, they didn't understand why I was discarding my whole deck, and then once I played the other card that let me search my deck for the two cards I need to kill them, it was kind of a look of awe and shock. <laughs> like, wait, that <laughs> happens? Oh man, yeah. Unfortunately, Star Wars doesn't have a lot of those mechanics yet. I'm hoping for some more because I like playing those kind of decks. They're a lot of fun, but. You know, I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll get them in the next year or two. I'm very excited for the next year. This new Force Cycle is just going to be awesome. I mean, come on. I mean, we already have a new Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we have Blue Leader, which I'm excited for because it's a B-Wing. B-Wings are awesome. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got Mar Jade, which is just great. And looking through a couple of these cards, we have Thunder Flare, which I'm not entirely sure what the lore is behind that. Um, I'm sure some of you Star Wars nerds would be like, oh, you should know this, blah, 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 but don't know what Thunder Flare is at all. You can get you can get the basic idea of the lore just reading the um, little flavor text at the bottom. It has extra weapons. It's awesome. Okay, gotcha. Well, there's that. And then we have, of course, the uh, Punishing One and uh, Dash Rendar, which uh, was a little underwhelming, which, to say the least, which was really disappointing. But uh, speaking of new objectives and new Obi-Wan Kenobi, let's actually go over all these objective sets, starting off with the new Rebel objective set. Uh, it is going to be a Blue Squadron support. It is a 1 for 5 objective set. Uh, these are all limit 1 per uh, deck, so unfortunately you cannot double up in these, which would be awesome, but unfortunately not going to be the case. We got uh, Blue Leader, 2B Wings, uh, Rapid Fire, and Support Fire. I'm not going to read all these cards because most of you already know what they do, and if you don't, you can just go on to cardgamedb.com and look at the spoilers there. But uh, I want to talk about the set real quick, um, just kind of in uh, and give all get all your three guys' opinions here. Um, Josh, how do you how do you view this set as a, uh, a competitive set, and do you think that we're going to be seeing this in some interesting uh, Rebel Jedi decks? Or, oh, I think or, it's or awesome. Even sluice de- decks in, in that. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I've, I've, this is, I haven't really haven't played too much with this one. I've been focusing more on the Jedi one, mm-hmm. but I put this in a speeder deck with the attack pattern Delta just to get the 
the B wings out, and it's great. And then not only that, but just having like kind of like a home one, like with blue leader. Yeah, it's it's kind of handy, especially when you have someone that has the Imperial blockade objective yep. out. You can just ping it real quick without them even trying to or having a chance to block or anything like that, and it's worked pretty well. So. Yeah, um, you know, I also want to kind of talk about the um, the objective action itself. You can fo- focus the objective. Uh, each front-friendly player looks at the top two cards of their deck. Uh, you can pick whatever card you want, put it in your hand, the other one goes at the bottom. So this really gives a good mechanic for card draw. I mean, just kind of a uh, good scenario here. You, you can put Blue Leader out and then use this objective effect to give you an extra card for an edge battle or something. Or, you know, maybe you'll draw a uh, target of opportunity or something to make it even better. So, I mean, this objective is, is really, really powerful. I like that it doesn't have the, you know, when undamaged crap, because that was getting annoying. Um, the B-Wings themselves are awesome, because it's basically an A-Wing that doesn't suck. And, it, I mean, it's a fair two-for-two two cost unit. It has objective damage. And then Rapid Fire is really interesting. Um, I like it because it gives you three Force Icons, so if you have to put it in an edge battle, you can. It doesn't cost four or some... Ab- just outrageous uh, costs, but um, you can target up to two units, um, each controlled by a different opponent, and deal damage to them. So uh, this is basically a you know a, a free damage. It's kind of like a, a rebel version of force choke, if you will. Um, uh, Nick, did you um, have any uh, thoughts on this objective, or were, were you uh, not impressed by it? Uh, I'll say I like it. I mean, definitely using attack pattern delta to get units out there is always effective. Uh, the best thing I like about this objective set is uh, the art on Rapid Fire. I don't know if anyone is nostalgic like me, but yeah. uh, this is actually, I think, a piece of art taken from the game Rebel Assault. It is. Back okay. in like the early 90s. Yeah, uh, I remember I played that to death on my like old Windows 95 computer. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just for that alone, I, I, that's the kind of stuff I love about this game is how awesome the cards look uh, and those things. So uh, overall, I'd say I'm not too impressed with the way the the objective set works um i think it's definitely in there for you know more of a 2v2 uh style play simply right. because it has all of the friendly player wording but other than that i think it's a pretty solid set but nothing that really gets me out of my seat roaring so okay fair enough matt what about yourself this one i think is probably the best example in here of how to make a set that is fair and balanced in one player and two player yeah um it's, you know, every single card in here is a perfectly useful card in 1v1. Right. And a very useful card in 2v2. You know, the even Rapid Fire, which is probably the weakest of the cards in 1v1, um, there's usually something better you can do with one resource than do one damage. Right. But sometimes that's going to be backbreaking. And when not, Rebels could use those Force Icons, and yep. three of them is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, supporting Fire, which is common across all the sets, is um, awesome. It's finally a pseudo-counter to Twist of Fate. Yeah. Um, or at least a good way to bluff Twist of Fate, or count, call someone's bluff, or anything like that. You know, the B-Wings are slightly above par for a two-cost unit. Yep. Blue Leader, you know, is a right on par for a three-cost unit. He compares favorably to 
um, red two, I believe. We have the same cost, same force icons. Um, yeah, give yeah. him a different ability, but uh, still a pretty useful ability. And in multiplayer, note it doesn't have to be an objective that the player you're currently engaging has as well. So this could allow you to help your partner out and hit that Vader's fist that's sitting on the other side of the table mm-hmm. that your partner your your partner hasn't been able to damage themselves, you're attacking something else, and you're like, oh, and Blue Leader will do some damage across the table. Yeah. Hey, look, we have a bigger hand now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and, I, I would definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. And the objective itself is probably the most exciting card. Um, it effectively is one resource to actually draw a card. Yeah. Um, the, you know, it's a similar effect to Dark Precognition, Except Dark Precognition costs you a card. Yeah. And this instead costs you a resource. Yep. I'll take it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I would definitely agree. I think um, uh, this is actually one of my second favorite uh, set in this entire uh, one versus one kind of list of, of uh, objective sets here. Um, okay, so moving on to the Smugglers and Spies objective set. <sighs> Unfortunately, this is just not a enjoyable objective set. Um, it is a standard one for five with the reaction after opponent declares one unit as a defender, deal one damage to that unit. Now, this this objective is really, really good, but the cards in here are just kind of, like, they're a little bit disappointing. Um, Dash Render, of course, is, is, uh, is pretty decent, but having, uh, yet again, more Chud units with one HP, I just, I don't like that because force choke and just because they can just die so quickly um josh is there any cards that stand out on this objective set to you uh not not really we we did use this set yesterday when we were playing against the dark side deck Mm -hmm. it was three of us playing against the dark side deck and on the first hand we were the teammate of mine drew dash rendor and there's a couple times when he wanted to put him in the edge battle, but I thought, no, let's save him because he might come in handy. But mm-hmm. it turns out he never did. I don't, it just seemed like we always used up our resources so we could never activate his ability. Yeah. So it wasn't really worth putting out. The rumor mongers, though, I think are better in uh, against the challenge decks as opposed to like 1v1 or 2v2 because in the challenge decks, you don't have to worry about force choke. Correct. So putting those out, they can be really handy, especially after... Um, you know, your the dark side player does an all-out attack and tries to blow up multiple objectives at once. Okay. The smuggling shipment, it's 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 okay. I mean, it's it's cool if you get it off with Echo Caverns because you can get that double icon or any or something like that. But but then even then, it's there's I mean, there's only one of them, so yeah. it's kind of hard to find it. The objective, though, I wish we would have seen that because that to me is a it's a good ability. But I mean, chances of drawing that. I don't think it's worth putting it in with the other cards. So yeah, no, I, I would agree. Uh, Nick, Matt, any opposing thoughts on Josh's comments? Um, uh, I don't think I have opposing thoughts. I mean, I definitely can see the the limited use of Dash Rendar. Uh, it's really hard to, especially in a lot of deck testing I've done with Patrick, to use units that don't have any unit damage. It's sort of like, yeah, yeah you're gonna put them in there, but you know that they're not gonna take away any defenders, especially for light side objectives. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to want that unit removal. Uh, which is why I think the Arcona are almost better, be simply because they're gonna, 
you know, force the dark side player to put in two units, which can be huge if you ha- if you play correctly and you know the order of how you're going to attack right. and how you might, you know, force the the opponent to waste uh, defenders in that way. So yeah. uh, I think it's it's average, but again, nothing that gets me out of my chair. Yeah, I mean, like with the Ar- the Arcona one, I mean, they'd be a great attacker if they had icons that didn't suck. I mean, one edge dependent unit damage. Oh, that's so useful. Like that's, it's just I I don't see this being a useful card now. Like what Josh said, I definitely think that versus the uh, the challenge deck, this set definitely is a is a big kind of humdinger, if if you will, because there's no force choke. Uh, Matt, do you have any uh, other thoughts on this objective set? I'm really, and I haven't had a chance to yet, wanting to play the um, Arconas with the Sleuth Scout setup. Okay. Um, you have uh, Anwet Sector and or um, raise the stakes out right. when you attack with one of these. All of a sudden, you now you want to block with block them, and now you have to use two of your defenders to block. And that makes it that much harder to block the Sleuth Scout or the Blockade Runner that's also coming at you. And yes. I think that's where they fit in in 1v1. Okay. Is, you know, now you can really play with blocking. And um, I, I just, you know, let's say we have them, Lando, the Sleuth Scouts, the Blockade Runners. There's the start of a deck there. I, and I think it's the start of a deck that can really frustrate some dark side players because right. they'll never be able to lock the way they want to. Mm-hmm. And this game is all about those attacking and blocking decision tactics. And when you control that, you can win a lot of games. You know, that's actually a really, really good point. Um, uh, I actually never really kind of thought about that because I just got, I just kind of skimmed them over and was like, eh, not really a a good thing because again like i'm always just so lenient to play a one cost unit on the board and have my opponent go oh wait i have an action i'm gonna force choke that and you're just like ah, i waste the resource um, that's that's the way that we had it yesterday in our in our game we put this it with lando and with the uh, sluice and the uh, blockade runner uh-huh. and so the the teammate flopped um um across the anoit uh raised the stakes and i can't remember the last one so I mean, it was set up so that they could come out and do that type of thing. Right. The only problem is we didn't draw into them, but I wanted to, to just to see it happen. But yeah, it didn't happen that game. But yeah, I think that's the ideal setup you'd want with these guys is all that extra damage, making them have to block. And if they can't, then you're going to do three, four damage. Right, right, right. Well, you know, again, like the 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 limited uh, one per objective deck just really makes this objective set just not as good as I think it really can be because like if if you're allowed to have two of these in a deck I would actually for sure take these because you you have four of the um, rumor mongers which would give you a pretty nice chance of actually drawing them you got two rash dash rendars who has two black objective damage which is great you can give them a blast icon which you know sometimes you might be able to use the effect sometimes not but that's still I mean, that's still a really, actually, it's a still good unit, as my brain doesn't work, for dealing objective damage. Like, you can't, he can't instantly die to Vader's force choke, which we've seen a lot with smuggler units. And the smuggling compartment, like um, you guys have already pointed out, is, it can be really, really useful, like with Echo Caverns or something. But it's just a one drop, so it's just kind of like, the chances of actually drawing these cards to make him 
be effective really isn't as good as it would be if it was a two drop. So, I, uh, I, I think that we can we can all agree that it, it's a good objective set. It's just it really sh uh, it really could be better. So yeah, uh, I, the only thing with Dash is just that he's four for three. He does have the two black, but four four costs for three health. Uh, I would, I mean. Han is pretty good, although he has one less health. Right. So if I had the choice, I think I would play Han. Oh, and even right. then, the problem we had yesterday, too, is we had Chewie and Dash, and it's like, which one do we play? Chewie. So we, yeah, we play Chewie. So I just think that he could get stuck in your hand while you play your other big units. Exactly. So he might take a while to come out. But, I mean, two icons that could come in handy. Same thing with Smuggling Compartment. Yep. So. yep. No, I would definitely agree, Josh. Definitely agree. All right, so moving on to, I think, probably one of my... My um, favorite light side Jedi objectives, and in a while, is the new Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, objective set. And it's uh, Watchers in the Wasteland. It has a beautiful art. It's actually taken from a old poster from one of the original three movies um, with uh, Luke and his droids looking at, at the two suns. It's just a be beautiful objective set. Uh, it's, again, limited one per objective, standard five for one. Each card in the light side's common reserve contributes one force icon to your side during the force struggle. Unfortunately, this doesn't have anything to do with a one versus one. It's, you know, so this objective pretty much is useless. But the cards that come with it, oh my gosh, are just ridiculous. Uh, of course, it comes with supporting fire. Comes with the new Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, same uh, icons and same force icons as well. Um, Matt, do you think that this was a smart idea, or do you think they should have changed this up a little bit? I, you know, they already have some precedent with, um, the different versions of Han and Luke that the icons can change. Right. I, I'll call the, the second Vader the same icons, though technically it's not, mm -hmm. because his ability makes him the same when he's attacking. Right. But, you know, I... I don't think they need to change the icons. I definitely like them leaving the um, force icons the same because mm -hmm. I, we can kind of sort of say that re relates to the character's yes. affinity with the force. So, Well, um, you know what? I actually kind of counterpoint that. I mean, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi was very, very, you know, like books and whatnot, was very, very powerful in the force. So I really think that he should have the same amount as force icons is palpatine in my personal opinion but that's just me i'm i'm a i'm a stickler for that kind of stuff but continue with your point yeah i, I think um you know i always liked obi-wan's icons the he at least by the original trilogy era wasn't a frontline warrior he right. wasn't going out swinging but he was working behind the lines in the little bit of action he had he sitting there making sure Luke is safe for years and then you know, disabling a tractor beam and distracting Vader. And, you know, I think the tactics represent that best. He he's the guy who's behind the scenes and doing things. And his new ability is awesome. Yes, it is. The, you know, the ability on the original Obi-Wan, the... Um, fate card face up or edge card sorry face up that's kind of a nice ability i like it mm -hmm. but it never ends up in play being as good as it sounds like right this ability uh, when you win a force struggle 
every friendly player. And remember, you are a friendly player to yourself. Yep. So in one versus one, when you win a force struggle, you return the top card of your discard pile to your hand. Yeah. That's pretty good. They're, you know, you yeah. don't have to. If you don't like the card that's on top of your discard pile, you can say, eh, I'd rather draw a different card. But you you can drop Yoda in a um, edge battle and have him sitting there on top and say, all right, now he comes right back to my hand. Yeah. No, I would definitely agree. I mean, his reaction is, is very, very good, um, mainly because, like Matt said, it does allow you to do some really interesting uh, uh, mechanics and it kind of plays during an edge battle, during a force struggle. Um Personally, I would have, would have rather see uh, have seen his icons be um, two black tactics and um, just a well, you know like at first I was like man I really wish that um, blaster was just another black tactic so he has three tactics but that would make him too much like Obi Wan so um, I mean n- now that you said that he he you know he's not really a, f- a frontline fighter it it does kind of make sense that his icons would kind of stay the same. He's still elite, which is really good. I'm glad they didn't change that. Um, Matt, any uh, cards in here in particular that stand out for you? Or I'm sorry, Nick, I already asked you, Matt. <laughs> Don't worry, you can just keep asking, man. I, I know that I'm like the least liked host on this show. Uh, it's okay. Everyone loves you, Nick. No, I know. I got to rep myself. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, you guys talking about Obi-Wan being in the front lines or whatever, you're all crazy because, uh, you know, those first three movies that, uh, you know, predate uh, four, five, and six, those don't exist. So, um, yeah, I know. You know, that's just not true. You know, he just wanders around the desert pretending to be a crazy old wizard. Um, so, regardless, but I, I definitely think that this is a nice set. Um, you know, I really like Force Cleansing, not only because it has the really cool art. Uh, but it's a really nice enhancement. Uh, it's cheap. It's one. So if you've got in, you must go. It's free. Uh, you know, this is a great thing because uh, if you're playing against really a f- uh, heavy ne- uh, navy decks that do a lot of objective damage, they're blowing up objectives. And and I've definitely faced opponents that really go hard for that. And the Jedi, you just feel like you can't build up fast enough to counteract that. And this really helps in terms of keeping you know your one strong unit. Uh, in yeah. there, or even a, a weak guy, you know, a chud unit, you know, in the fight a little bit longer uh, so that they can keep resisting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what this uh, set is all about, is just really keeping the Jedi more uh, in the fight and giving them a couple, you know, sort of tricks like you'd see in a, in a uh, smuggler deck. Right. Uh, only because they don't have that. I mean, uh, one of my favorite decks to play against you, Patrick, is uh, my Jedi 11 set, which pretty much is get out big heavy Jedi and then enhance him till he has five enhancements, play weapon <laughs> mastery, and then just to devastate. And and I love that about the Jedi, but you know, that doesn't win battles or right. that doesn't win games. That wins, you know, that's the admiration fun. of your fans. Right. No, I, I would definitely agree. Like Force Cleanse, like especially on like a character like Yoda, um, which is you know, he gains extra combat icons for enhancements. I mean, even putting this like on someone say luke i mean this is this could possibly be a free trust your feelings um you know your your opponent's board is all locked down uh luke's on the field he has a couple damage on him already you got a protector out or something and uh, you know luke you're able to put this and uh trust your feelings on on luke he can potentially take out three objectives well see i would disagree with you i wouldn't put it on luke only because luke's gonna come off in defense so 
I mean, I don't see where you'd need it unless they're going to blow up two in one turn. Well, I mean, yeah, like I was just kind of giving a, a situation there. But, I mean, for like defense, like this would go really good on Obi-Wan Kenobi because Obi-Wan Kenobi is a great defender because he has that tactics icon. Um, so I, I think that, uh, you know, like you said, even putting this on some sort of like beefier chud would even be a really good idea to say like, okay, so I just defended that one. You blew up this objective, but I'm going to react and take the focus token off of there. And your TIE fighter can't go up against, you know, say, my uh, Guardian of Peace or whatever. So, I, I think How about on Chewbacca? Chewbacca would actually do really, really well as well. Um, Josh, do you have any opinions on, on this objective set? Oh, I think it's awesome. I, it's my favorite one out of the box, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, why is just, that? Well, just Obi-Wan's power is extremely powerful. Like, being able to take the top card, Jedi Mind Trick, you can keep looping that. That's what a lot of people have said, like, the first time that we've seen obi-wan yeah the wolfmen are awesome throw them in an edge battle get them back if you win the i mean granted you have to win by three but if you have a yoda just sitting back there holding the force a lot of the times like palpatine does for the dark side yeah you could easily win it by three and take them back and they have edge one and their icons are black like they're they're just awesome mm -hmm. and then force cleansing it's it's just a good card like like you said and even when the dark side has the force the dial clicks up, and then uh, in the rules it says it clicks up again. So that's two times it clicks up, technically, yep. allowing you to remove two tokens. So, I mean, if Palpatine comes in and focuses down your Yoda or your Luke or something, or Han or any of those guys, that those are coming off. Yeah. So, no, you know, th that's actually a really good point. I, I, I completely kind of forgot about that because, you know, you, you're just kind of like, okay, the Death Star goes up, goes up by two. But yeah, in the rule books, it does say it ticks up once, and then if the dark side controls the force, it ticks up again. It doesn't go, you know, two. It goes one, one. So you, you could potentially use this twice. But that's actually a really, really good point. Um, and I never actually thought of that. That's that, that's a great idea. Okay, yeah, so... It's, go ahead. It's a great set. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, it's, it's fine. I was just going to say, it. Just, just this set alone makes you want to work on, like, a recursion-type deck where you yeah. have... Um, um, Return of the Jedi, and uh, it binds all things. Just having those ways to get <laughs> cards back, it, it's just it, it can be brutal. And I'm, that's what I'm working on now is working on a deck like that. Yep. And uh, it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, far, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say I will help you test the the be Jesus out of that because I would love a deck like that. I always thought Return of the Jedi was one of the coolest things when I first got the the starter deck. I was just playing that all the time. It's like, oh, Luke died. Nope, Luke's back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a great card. No, oh, yeah, definitely a great card. Okay, so overall opinions on the light side sets. Um, uh, Matt, we'll start with you. I think the light side has the edge on these new sets. Um, I guess we'll get to that when we talk about the dark side. Um, the Jedi set, I think, is the best of them, with the exception of the core objective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess since you only have one of them in your deck, it doesn't hurt near as much. You never get stuck with it out at the start. Right. You could flip it later, but... Um, it's a standard 5-for-1. So it's a 5-for-1 that's blank, and there aren't very many... Actually, I can't think of any 5-for-1s that are blank. Um, there are 5-2s that are blank, but I think all the 5-1s have at least some sort of text. So Yeah, I can't think of any 5-1s that are blank for the Jedi. Yeah, I can't think of any for any, um, well, unless you want to count the Sith mirror of this. Right, so, right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but overall, 
I would definitely play it in a Jedi deck. I would definitely be willing to play the um, Rebel set. The Smuggler set is a little more borderline, but I still want to test it out in a Sleuth-style deck yep. just because I can... Most of the time, I see myself sitting there and going, oh, I wish I had a different card. But it just seems like there's this one chance that it could be some epic, awesome setup. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always worth playing for that, that and, one moment. So. And smuggling shipment, I'm trying to think, are there any good light side units that can produce resources? No. Um, hmm. that, let's see. R2-D2. Nothing. Yeah. Up to two resource generating cards. I'm just trying R2-D2. to think. Because the dark side has a couple of units that would really love this card. Uh, Mon Mothma, you could use it on her. Oh, Mon Mothma. Bail Organa. Bail Organa has to, yeah, so. Get, get some double striking tactics that way. Yeah. So, you uh, know. Just you know, a surprise yeah. use for it, but. Um, yeah. Surprise it, it's a, definitely is. It's a decent card, not a great card, but um, the Smuggler set's the weakest of the three, but they're all playable, and yeah, I think that's a great thing, and. Definitely, definitely. It's going to be interesting to see how people start using these. Yeah. Um, Nick, any other points on the uh, ones that Matt just made for the uh, light side? No, I, I just think it's, it's you know, it's about due time that the light side gets some love and, and some more effective uh, right. sort of some tactics or, well, strategies that they can implement. And, Darn right. You know, just it, it's come out in this conversation with Josh and Matt. And you that, you know, we're already coming up with new ways to play light side decks. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's a big change because it it seems like, uh, you know, the light side has just been get Han Solo, get Chewbacca, get these units out, you know, and and sort of play around with little tiny tricks, but nothing that is really shaping a deck. And and I think that's what's changing is now you're going to build decks around different strategies rather than just characters. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's always helpful to think outside the box, too, because a lot of people don't, you know, it's like, oh, you're going to play a sleuth deck. You're like. Nope, gonna play a Jedi deck, and then you just roll over your opponent because they have no idea what cards are in the Jedi because you know they don't ever play Jedi. So, uh, Josh, any other uh, points for the light side objectives? Uh, no, I I think it's kind of I think FFG made it fair how they gave the smugglers one uh, quote unquote the worst of the three sets if you want right. to call it that. That's because right. I can't I can't go to a tournament without seeing you know smuggler 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 like everyone's running smuggler. I mean they're good cards. Yeah. And and a lot of times people complain about Jedi not having the good you know decks Jedi weenies or mm-hmm. or stuff like that. So it's good that they, in my opinion, the Jedi got the best set yes. out of the box. Definitely. Definitely, I think hopefully that'll bring more people to play, um, you know, different decks that most people don't play because it gets kind of boring seeing the same Hantui, you know, Falcon. All yeah, that stuff. it does. It really does. All right, so moving on to the dark side objectives. Um, we're not going to go too much into detail for the mercenary support because this one was fully spoiled and talked about a ton on the forums. Um, but uh, anything that stands out overall in this objective set, Nick, we'll start with you. I just have to say somebody at FFG really loves the Trandoshans. They do. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, there must be like... Somebody who's like, Bosk is the coolest bounty hunter, and don't you know all about Bosk and, and the Trandoshans? And, you know, the episode of the Clone Wars where, uh, yeah, you know, Ahsoka meets up with Chewbacca and they go and fight the Trandoshans is the best episode ever. <laughs> you know, now you, now you know I watched that show, or did watch that show. It's okay, it's a good show. Yeah, well, yeah, because awesome yeah, Disney's retarded. Well, you know, 
don't even get me started because they canceled Young Justice because girls weren't buying action figures, which oh just for frack's really sake. Okay, let's let's not get into that because the, as will rage on that topic. Okay. Oh no, it's too much of a tangent, but uh, yeah. you know I think it's an it's an okay set, and you guys have talked about it before, and mm. it was spoiled a long time ago, but it's 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 fine. You know, Trandoshan love. What up? You know what the the only card that doesn't make sense in here is uh uh the a price on their heads. It costs six. Like, what the crap? It costs six, but it's so awesome. And in, in um, two, two versus, versus two, two, it's awesome. But but keep in mind is what these sets were made to give a well, kind of yeah, I know. You're right. I know. It's just like I, I feel that like the six cost just completely turns me off from ever playing it. I'd rather just use it as a, in an edge card for what that's for forced icons. And I think that's why they gave it four Force Icons, yeah. which is, uh, I think, the most any of non-unit card has. And, you know, because they know no one's ever going to pay six for it in one versus one unless it's the absolute perfect setup. Right. But that now it at least has some use. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, also, I want to clarify some uh, something. Uh, there was a lot of argument and discussion on the forums. Um, if Boss could use his reaction uh, from the mercenary, mercenary support action on the card, which is focuses objective to put a bounty hunter or mercenary unit into play from your hand under a friendly player's control. And um, it's been pretty widely agreed that you cannot use Boss's reaction. Um did we ever get yeah. a official ruling from Fantasy Flight on that one? I don't think anyone's posted an official ruling, but I I guarantee you that you cannot use Boss Reaction because his reaction is after you played this unit. Yeah. And you did not play him if you put him into play. Yep. Um, Correct. But, you know, it's Fantasy it's, Flight games. They then it's like, yeah, sure, why not? So. It, it's kind of the same reason that when you put wedge Antilles into play he can't go on um pick a ship rogue three as an enhancement right because his ability allows him to be played as an enhancement correct and if he enters play some other way it's not the same as playing him so i agree yeah anyone out there still want who somehow missed the argument on the forums i know there are some people who don't read every forum every post like we do um, <laughs> because apparently we have no life um no my job you, is just if, boring i have nothing else to do yeah, if you missed that argument and you were sitting there wondering if you put bosk into play with the objective he doesn't get to capture he can still go and be awesome and use those fun unit damage to surprise defend but uh, he does not get to capture someone correct all right so um, Nick or Josh, do you guys have any other opinions on this? Uh, I think that this was just kind of an underwhelming objective set in in general. Josh, would you agree? Um, I think it has potential if you find a spot for it, which we're trying to do. The the security team seems interesting, almost kind of like a um a heavy blaster placement. Even if you don't win the edge, you could still do a damage to a unit. Right. So it could be. You know, if they send C-3PO for an unopposed, you could just kill him straight up. Right. Or, but, you know, that's real situational. But I think they might have their, their spot. Punishing one, it's kind of meh. 
a price on or a, yeah, a price on their heads could be good if you're running like Dengar and have like double remote hideouts or something like that. If right. you want to do that for some reason, because you'd have an excess amount of resources. But I agree, six <laughs> is too much for one unit. Yeah. But four icons, I mean, that's great. I'd take that any day. Yeah. No, agree, agree. All and right. then the yeah. So. Anything else? Combos well with supporting fire. That it does. That it does. All right. So moving on. Um. The next objective is Repair and Refurbish, which I think is actually kind of a funny name for a dark side objective because it doesn't really fit the dark side. Usually the dark side is all about, you know, destruction, power, rule, what, whatnot. But that's just me. It's just kind of weird. I'm weird like that. Uh, Nick, what did you find interesting in this objective set? Uh, in this objective set, I mean, I think... Uh... You know, it's it's cool that they get the remove one damage from an objective. This will help you with the uh, the Vader's fist, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of my favorite objective sets. Uh, you know, keeping that in play is really really handy, especially when you have an opponent that's pulling out. Uh, you know, smug. Uh, what's it? Uh, swindles and things like that. Yeah, I don't know. Why. I couldn't think of that card all of a sudden. Uh, you know, but there's a lot of other cool stuff, and uh, you know, this pairs well with a lot of different vehicle enhancement decks that are out there. You know, you're putting, you know, aft armor plating on an ATST, then you do the weapons upgrade, and now it's like, you know, a super powerful, uh, you know, ATST that's going in there solo and, and blowing things up. So um, I do like that. And uh, the one cool thing about Thunder Flare is it's also, uh, it's not just a vehicle and a capital ship, it's also Death Squadron, uh, which I think will bring in uh, not only one of the original Dark Side objectives, but really pairs well with the other Death Squadron. Uh, command objective set that's out there uh, allowing them to make use of this a little bit more so i, I always thought that was cool no uh, yeah uh, i was actually just thinking about that i was like i was like i was thinking is it the same t- flavor text and yes it is the same flavor text like i, I had to look that up and was like oh, okay i wasn't just thinking outside the box and incorrectly thinking so uh josh what about yourself how, how do you rate this objective um, it's it's pretty decent. I mean, the the ability from the objective is pretty good, especially if you're running like Imperial Blockade or something like that, where like a Battle Hoth or like an Edge Card can't really heal it. So this is kind of a way to bring back that ability once that objective has been damaged. Um, the logistics officers, I mean, they're one unit for one resource. I mean, yeah. sure. The only so- problem is they're not um, Navy affiliated, so that could be a problem. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, they're the pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, we, I, we, they're also not officers, which yes, which makes no sense to me. But oh so, well. um, uh, we I actually have to correct myself here. It is actually Black Squadron, not Death Squadron, for the original Vader's Tide Vance objective. So, I'm oh well, that's interesting. You know, considering you know, you'd think that that would all be one thing, but oh well, that's okay. I think isn't the other Star Destroyer objective set death squadron i think that's what what you're yes saying. yeah yes it is yeah, Death it squadron is. is the fleet of star destroyers yeah black squadron was the tie squadron vader commanded at the first death star right and that is yeah right now there's no flavor text for that right it, it's just just a, just death squadron there's no like there, there's no mechanics to interact right, with yeah. death squadron directly no not yet not yet all righty okay so um this objective set just kind of looks like it's just an overall hard-hitting, really, really good objective set that can just kind of move damage around. So I think that this will really kind of uh, open up a couple extra Navy decks. Um, I played Jedi Master Adam uh, last night, and he was using this, I believe, if I remember correctly. 
and he pulled he flopped this objective out uh first turn and i i really I, I had to kill it almost instantly because i was just like yeah removing a damage from an objective is just not a good idea so um any other thoughts on this objective matt any other thoughts Thunderflare's ability works on defense. That's just awesome. Because yep, yep. it has potentially three unit damage. It's elite, so you know, Navy sometimes can struggle with what to commit to the force. Right. Two force icons isn't bad. It's elite. You leave it on defense. You can get up you get at least one, maybe three unit damage. Mm -hmm. And in the process you Move a damage off of one of your objectives and onto an enemy objective. Yes. You you just damaged an objective on defense as the navy. You um, can't ask for much more than that. It. You, wait. You move objective damage. Hang on. I read that wrong. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. I I was thinking of the actual objective itself. My bad. I was like, wait, no, it's just remove. But yeah, yeah. The thunder flare is really nice. It's kind of like a. It's like, oh, I only need to kill one objective. I'll just kind of leave them on defense and win the game on their turn type of thing. That's nice. Okay, so... Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I apologize. Um, any other thoughts on this objective set? Nick, Josh, or Matt? No? Okay, let's move on. So, Mara Jade's a thing now. I'm pretty excited about this. The Emperor's Hand objective, standard one for five... Uh, it's another common reserve card uh, effect, so that does, that only affects um, two versus two. Now, like the cards in here are really interesting. I'm not entirely sold on this objective set yet for one versus one. Um, Josh, do you have any way to sell me on this objective set for one versus one? Uh, no, not really. It uh, it just doesn't. I don't know. It just kind of wets our tongue for the next Mara Jade that's coming out in the next cycle. But, I, I mean, the only good cards, in my opinion, is just Mara Jade. Then join me, maybe. But Agent of the Hand, it's kind of meh, in my opinion. It doesn't really do much in 1v1. And join me, the fact that it's not unique units makes right. it I know, balanced. But at the same time, it's kind of underwhelming because, I mean, I guess you can take a Guardian or maybe someone that's committed to the Force. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's kind of... Eh, it's all right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Matt, thoughts on this objective set? I really wish the Agent of the Hand either, you know, even if you made it two cost in one health instead of three cost in two health. It, it's just unplayable at three cost in 1v1. Right. The ability is almost blank in 1v1. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it interacts with the one copy of Join Me you have in your deck. Yay! But again, it's limit one, so you only have that one copy there. Or even give them both icons black, like their light side counterpart has. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, I don't know if in playtesting they just turned out to be too epically good and had to be powered down. But I think they overshot it. And, you know, I really like Mara. Mara is an awesome card in 1v1. But the objective is blank the agents are bad join me is situational but i i would be willing to play it i you know you say yeah i could grab a guardian grabbing a guardian would be awesome right you, you because not only do you get a guardian and you don't have many protect character options right now in dark side so you get a guardian and your opponent 
loses a guardian. Yeah. So yeah, that that's pretty good. And of course, supporting fire is still a good card. Mm-hmm. It's but those agents combined with having the the blank objective just kind of makes it unplayable for me. Right. No, and I'm, I'm really would... sad about that because I really want to play Mara. She's like my favorite expanded universe character. <laughs> I, I have a sign. I, I played the old Decipher CCG and they had a copy of Mara. Mm-hmm. And I went to, what was it, Celebration 2 back in, oh, whatever, 2003. Whatever year Episode 2 came out, that spring before that. Okay. And um, the actress who had posed for the picture was there and I have it signed. Nice. That's um, cool. But yeah, like I, I could have stood in line and gotten like Peter Mayhew to sign a Chewbacca card, but no, I wanted Mara. That's I mean, Mara Jade is a very iconic character. I mean, of course, being Luke Skywalker's wife, spoiler alert, and um just just the role that she plays in the Fate of the Jedi series, which I just finished uh, last week. If you haven't read that series, I would highly recommend it. It is amazing. It it was literally one of the first book series that I actually legitimately cried. Like I was like, that sucks. Oh my gosh! Like this this is like why did this happen? So yes, I, I'm admitting on the show that I actually cried while reading the book. So anyway, um. I think that the overall arcing opinion on the dark side objectives is um, they're not that good and we're all okay with that. Because <laughs> let's be honest here, every time a new force pack comes out or expansion comes out or something, the dark side's just like, look at all of our cool overpowered cards. Woo! And the light side's like, well, we got like two good cards. Yeah. So I, I think that it's a very kind of a welcome uh gesture from fantasy flight to say hey you know we know that light side players are getting frustrated playing only a certain few decks that really are effective against the the current dark side strong meta that's going on right now um which kind of brings us to our next topic how are we going to see these light side objectives used um i know that we're all really kind of looking away uh, ways to use obi-wan kenobi um so uh josh since since you're the guest um i'm going to start with you what have you um, come up with so far for a a new light side deck. Um, I mean, you can even include some of the spoilers that have been spoiled for uh, the uh, the new cycle as well. So, um, what kind of deck are you are you trying to trying to build? Um, I know you talked about a little bit uh, beforehand, but um, what, if you don't mind going into a little bit more detail. Yeah. So the I I actually was watching the top tier gaming guys stream when they got their balance of the force and. Seeing them, they played a couple of decks with Obi-Wan. And really, one objective, I mean, it can make a big difference right now anyway, but they consistently seem to get Obi-Wan out. And just seeing that, and uh, it kind of changes your way because in that way, when you have that Obi-Wan out, you want to win the Force struggle in order to get your cards back. So that being the case, you can totally play you know, you, um, units in an edge battle that you otherwise may not play, like Yoda or something, just to win. And then you could get that unit back if you win or some or um or win the when the force struggle mm-hmm. so that's kind of like the main concept of this current deck i got going on and then like i said you would throw in it binds all things and um um return of the jedi so essentially you can just milk your jedi mind tricks or milk um your units 
for edge battles and stuff like that and, and get them back knowing you'll get them back. So that's kind of the cool thing to do. And I actually played this Obi-Wan with, with the uh, original Obi-Wan. So yep. you have three in the deck. Uh-huh. And it it works out pretty well. Because even if you don't get the new Obi-Wan out, I mean, the old Obi-Wan is still pretty decent. So, and he comes with mind tricks, which can be used with the trick. So it, it's coming along, but it'll it'll be there in a, in a week or so. But I'm excited. I'm definitely excited for what this set does. Because not only that, but it gives you units that you can... A, play for free yep. if you win the Force Struggle, and B, have Edge 1, and that's huge against against a, a Dark Side deck like the Sith that have, you know, four or five Twists of Fates in there that just totally wreck your day when you when you think, you, oh, I can I can win this if I just win this Edge battle, and you look <laughs> over and they have two councils and they have eight cards in their hand, and you're just like, well, you know, I, I guess that's cool. Yeah. But it gives you a chance at least, and that's, mm. and that's in my opinion, that's that's hopeful. So I like the way the, that... Um, even now, without the new cycle, that the force struggle is is playing a part now, and that's cool because before it's kind of like, uh, you know, play a unit, commit to the force. Okay, cool. I take it back for a turn. It just goes back and forth. But yeah. now you'll have incentives along with the tricks, with the echoes of the force, uh, fake cards and stuff, where you can really mess someone up by, you know, a surprise commit or or something of that nature. So it's real cool, I think, in the way that the game is going. Oh, I would definitely agree. Um, so. In, in in your opinion, do you think that we're going to see some more combinations with, say, Lando and uh, the, the Jedi it, kind of as we go through this new Force cycle in the upcoming year, Josh? Um, with Lando? Yeah. Um, maybe. I mean, I, Lando himself, like Zach said a couple episodes ago, is a great unit. Like, I think he's is really underrated because that ability of being able to not only make your opponent get out which is handy but a lot of people don't realize they can also um attack and you know their opponent sends two guys to block well you can just take you know whoever you sent to attack out and then get another free attack like right it's such it's such a great those little tricks um are awesome in my opinion and that's what kind of sets i mean yeah the dark side has their force chokes and their lightnings and all those like dirty like spot removal type cards but Mm -hmm. with the light side with now obi-wan and um, Lando having its tricks and stuff like that, where you can kind of manipulate your opponent so that you can get the advantage. I think that is awesome, and that that adds a whole other element to the game where it's like kind of like a mind game, where if you have an, an open resource and you send or, or Lando on the field and you send someone to attack, it's kind of like, is he going to use that with Lando? Is he going to use that with Swindle? Like, what's right. he going to do? So it's 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 pretty cool. Right. No, I, I, I would definitely agree with those points. Um, Nick. Thoughts on the light side and their ever-changing meta, if you will. Uh, I've been looking at a lot of the news reports that Final Fantasy has been putting out and spoiling the the new force packs in the cycle Mm -hmm. uh, that's coming out. And I think one of the cool balances that they're striking is that, uh, at least for the light side, they're giving smugglers more uh, abilities that influence the force struggle and allowing the uh, the Jedi more... uh, abilities that influence the edge battle and i think that's really the big weaknesses of those two is you know you have a lot of cards especially with the smugglers like lobot and uh you know uh, 
with Colsera, things like that, that do wonderful things for the edge battle. And they have a lot of edge cool, you know, really cool cards and, you know, edge one here with the, the Millennium Falcon and things like that. Right. But the Jedi don't have that. They, you know, they have Yoda who you commit to the force and it's pretty much you've won the force the whole game. Um, and, and I do think that they're going to bolster the, the force struggle. Like Josh said, I mean, one of the cool things is uh, the objective set in the fourth pack for the light side is may the force be with you. And it's, you know, when you commit a unit to the force, uh, remove all focus tokens so that's pretty much you know palpatine comes out yoda's focused down you know with three uh tokens you know they think they've got it boom you commit him to the force you take the force back and now he's back in play i mean that's such a swing for the light side i think it's just so important that uh they add those types of things where it it does cause that mind game where you know you're not sure you know you have to take that calculated risk because I feel like almost it's like, all right, well, I'm going to do the, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z this turn, and there's no real risk involved, and I know next turn you're going to do that unless you pull something really cool out, out of your deck, and, mm-hmm. and and I don't see that enough where it's, you know, oh man, you just dropped that amazing card. It's it's usually, yeah, that's what I expected, or yeah, it's it's about time you got that, blah 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 blah. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree. Um, the the way that the, uh, as you mentioned, the smugglers are kind of going towards the uh, a little bit more support role, I think, in this next force cycle is really encouraging because smugglers are really good at a lot of really interesting tricks. And Jedi, of course, have like the really kind of heavy hitters with, with Luke and Yoda and that kind of stuff. So I think that you're definitely right in that the way that the smugglers are going to start interacting with your decks, especially with the Jedi deck, is kind of just help you along with the... Um, force struggle with the edge battles more so uh than you know just being a powerhouse that they are right now uh matt what are your overall thoughts right now going into this next year well one thing i see happening is um particularly with the jedi more ability to play kind of a pure jedi deck the jedi love their big mains and they struggle a little keeping them alive sometimes, mm-hmm. and there just weren't enough big unit density in the decks to make it work. That's why you initially had Han splashed in, and right. now have the Super Friends deck, with um, where that's actually more um, smuggler Super Friends than and with Luke, but the the deck has always struggled with having enough units to not fall flat on its face every third game right. and having and having enough big units that, you know, you put out your big unit and your enhancements and that unit dies and you never draw another good unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, now you can have one more and we know um, with the very first force pack, um, we get Kyle Katarn, and we can have four of him in the deck. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And so now, all of a sudden, Jedi have plenty of big units, and then they have the Hawk. I think that's when we'll finally start to see some of their sets from the Hawk cycle come into their own mm-hmm. as one-ofs in their decks. I don't know that you want two of them, because you know, you, it clogs up your deck with four copies of random little units. Um, either the Godel Outcast or the Daughters of, what is it, right. Alia? Yeah. Alia. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I never know how that's pronounced. Um, but having a couple of those in your deck and those tricks would be, will be useful. 
to back up the big units, and I think they've been a little short on that. And um, Patrick, you've at least seen um, a pure Jedi deck I've built with the card pool even prior to Balance yes. Force, and it kind of works. Yeah, it, it works very well. I mean, Nick's uh, deck works very well as well. As well it, it's as just so it's yeah. missing just a little bit, and I think what it's missing is just the consistency that um, being able to give it a few more big units will bring. No, I, no, I would, I would one hundred percent agree with that. Um, so, as far as the, as far as the light side goes, I think that we are definitely going to see some interesting, interesting combos within this next year. I mean, uh, just this new Obi Wan objective set is very, very much proof of that. Uh, and you know, with the Kyle Katarn set being in there as well, like Matt mentioned, is is really just going to kind of beef up uh, Jedi even more, which is really encouraging because. I love playing Jedi. Like being able to control and deal damage—that's that's my playstyle. So, uh, we're gonna move on to the last segment of the show real quick here, and uh, gonna be going over uh, a deck that Nate shared with me, and I've been playing pretty much exclusively on Octagon for quite uh, for the last week or two now, and um, it is going to be a Sith affiliation card. It's gonna be two Emperor's Web, two Killing Cold, two Vader's Fists. Two, the Executor arrives. One, Shadows on Ice, and one, Sabotage in the Snow. Basically, this deck allows you to deal a lot of damage while using Killing Cold and uh, the ISB in uh, Liaisons and Aggression to just completely keep all your objectives just fully healed. Um, you only have uh, three objectives that are not Hoth, and most of the time, I find myself pulling uh, doubles of Vader's Fist, Killing Cold, and just completely wrecking my opponent's board with uh, Vader's Fist uh, in combination with the Killing Cold being able to sacrifice units and just kind of keep them healed. Most of the time, I'm able to go five or six turns with having my objectives pretty much, you know, one damage on one, two damage on one, and then my next turn just completely healing everything, and the dial is already at seven. That, like, that really puts a light side player at a, just a huge disadvantage when you're able to do that. Um, of course, it has the Force Chokes, it has the Force Lightnings to get rid of those clutch units that you really need to. The Sith Holocron allows you to play the Executor Palpatine when needed. Um, the Executor in this deck is such a, a huge card because it forces the light side to go, holy crap, this unit is on the field. You can either keep the Force with it, use the Reaction with the um, uh, Ice Tromper, with the Killing Cold, dealing a lot of damage. Uh, also, keep in mind, Aggression can be played when you do not have any units on your side of the board because the, the text reads, if able. So if your opponent has Luke on the field and you don't have any other units, guess what? Luke is gone and you can play it on your turn. So this deck is just very, very strong. Um, it is very weak to really, really good sleuth openings. Obviously, any dark side deck is going to be prone to that. But um, I have lost a home one once, and that's because the opponent drew pretty much everything he needed to just to completely wreck my board. And I wasn't able to get set up uh, as, as much as I, as I needed to. But generally, this deck gets set up around turn three. And by that time, you've healed enough damage to make your opponent just kind of go, crap, what do I do against this? Um, Nick, I know you've played this deck a couple times. Matt, did I play against this with you yet? I don't think you have. Okay. I don't remember seeing it. It's very similar to... Um, the setup in my old card advantage insanity deck, right? Um, which kind of started with the same Vader's Fist, Killing Cold, 
while I'm at it, let's throw in General's Imperative mm-hmm. and Recon Mission. Right. And hey, look, either I have extra cards or you don't have cards, and I have ways to keep it that way. And um, it surpri- it's another one of those decks that I threw together as a fun gimmick and then played it against some people and like, whoa, it works. when this thing hits, yeah, it hits. Yeah. people just kind of stare at me and like, what do I do now? So, <laughs> You know, it, it's kind of like my uh, all-neutral or all-neutral dark side deck when that works. You just have like 16 units on the field and your opponent's like, what do I do? I don't, I don't know what to do. It's, there's nothing I can do. Uh, but Nick, since you've faced this deck before, um, how do you feel its overall consistency is versus uh, light side decks? And... Um, uh, what is your overall opinions on it? So I've played you a couple times while you've been using this deck, and I've used a, a variety of things. Um, yeah. I, I use the Matt Coles Worlds deck, um, which is the complete antithesis of the way I like to play. Um, so I never do really well with it. But um, even that, which is really heavily objective, uh, damage-focused, uh, specifically in the way that every turn or every action should be getting at least one or two points of objective right. damage out somehow... Um, I just couldn't land anything. You, I had killing cold, like four damage or five damage. I think it has six points. I'm, I'm not sure. Five HP. Correct. Yeah. It's five HP. I had it four, like four times. And then you just go, well, I'm going to sacrifice my whole board. And <laughs> you know, now it's, now it's not even damaged, like yeah. have fun. And, you know, you were able to put out big units and then I don't even think you got the executor out, uh, in any of the games no, we played. No. You but... usually use those for edge battles. The actually, the executor is very situational in this deck. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was crushing. And it's one of those decks where you just hate playing it or playing against it because, you know, as the opponent, you're like, oh, man, like, I just, like, can't do anything. You you feel so defeated. Right. Uh, it's kind of like when they pull out the crash, uh, the Tatooinian crash, and now you're like, oh, man, now they're going to steal cards. And, you know, I don't know. I keep saying, you know, because I'm pretty sure everyone's experienced that once or twice yep. with the deck they played against where they just feel demoralized. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, they. Um, uh, I think we all kind of have played games like that most of the time. Josh, um, I'm not sure if you've played against this or not, but uh, what are your overall thoughts on the uh, current combination of objective sets that were just mentioned? Um, I actually used to play a deck extremely similar to this, minus an Emperor's Web, and I think I put in a Mahdi just for the resources. Okay. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, like it's it can it can wreck face. Like that's the first when I saw the Executor. Um, when we first got it, I instantly thought of Killing Cold because, yeah. I mean, it's just like sack, 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 damage, 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 and heal, heal, you heal. can't do nothing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I liked it when I played it. The only problem I, I thought with it um, is if I didn't get the Executor out or if I didn't draw into enough units to like in order to heal stuff, then I would essentially lose. But I guess that's the way it is with any deck. I think the combo is pretty important in the deck, though, in my opinion, with the Executor and the Killing Cold. It can just, be, yes. It, just it, because it does so much damage. And um, and I think I think when you play a game as this deck, it can sometimes draw out because you're sacrificing so many units to heal the damage, so essentially their attack's doing nothing. Right. So they could easily take the Force back, and it could be like a, I take the Force, okay, your turn, okay, I take the Force, like type of thing. So, the dial uh, so up far, one. I have not had a issue with the foist struggle. What the heck is that? <laughs> um, the only thing that I've found, and I've talked with Nate about this as well, is um, it does struggle a little bit with edge battles during certain moments um, because you're able to play so many units all at once. 
or you're able to play like a lot of really good uh, force icon cards during your turn, and you don't have a lot for the edge battle. It only right. has two twist of fates, which I was a little leery about at, at when I first started because I was used to having you know seventeen. Um, but a- as I've learned how to play the deck, and as I've, I've adapted to the, its playing style, it's it's actually really really good. And me not winning the edge, I'm like, okay, I, I don't win the edge, but I have you know the fifty first legion out. Okay, deal of damage to me. I'm just going to, you know, kill that guy outright. Have fun. Oh, you want to protect it? Okay, well, you still can't actually do that. So, I mean, right. the, um, I mean, and playing Wampas for free? Okay. That's awesome. That's that's the best feeling in the world. Be like, I'm going to play two Wampas for free, and I'm going to play all these other guys too. I, I had an opening hand that was uh, Sith Holocron, two Wampas, 51st Legion, and uh, and an Ice Tromper. Guess what I played? Yeah, everything. Almost, almost everything, yeah. I played everything. And that was just, my point was just like, oh, so <laughs> what? And, and, you know, like, obviously I wouldn't have played all those cards if it was like a, if I saw, you know, a, a, a sleuth objectives or whatnot. Because you know, it's like, hey, look at all these cool defenders. Look at this cool sleuth scout. You can't do anything. Yeah, um, I like being able to sit back and say, okay, go ahead, unopposed, and then just, after their strike, before they get the unopposed damage, just sack, 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 and yep. nothing. Yeah. But I think I think why I tended to stray away from it is because in our meta, killing cold doesn't really do that well because a lot of people are running heavy like vehicle decks, yep. like sleuths or like Matt Cole's type deck. Mm-hmm. So you can't really utilize their effect that well. But I don't know. With Executor, I mean, you could use it. Yeah, pretty I mean, well. the, the the overall point of this deck is basically just to heal. So I mean, even if the Ice Tromper is defending a Sleuth Scout. Have the engagement go, and before the unopposed happens, or after the even after the unopposed happens, you know, barring it doesn't kill it, sac- sacrifice the uh, Ice Tromper because you know you're not gonna be able to use it anyway. Heal the damage off, and if the Executor's out, you might be even be able to kill a Sleuth Scout or or a Blockade Runner or something. So, yeah. I mean, the the effectiveness of this deck is actually really good. But the one thing. One of the main weaknesses of this deck is prepare for evacuation. That objective set is a jerk. Yep, it'll it'll uh, definitely it'll definitely hurt you if uh, if they flip that and you have all your Hoth objectives. I'll, I'll agree to that. Yeah. Another thing is a desolation of Hoth using that card is awesome as well. Cause... Oh my gosh, it's it's hilarious. It's like, oh, you have Yoda on the field. That's cute. Oh, you're gonna right. the force your turn. Okay, my turn. I'm gonna desolation of Hoth and he's dead. Yeah. I mean, it's it it's also really good for you know it's like oh man you know. I don't have any units on the uh, on the board, but you know he can win next turn. A couple of my Hoth objectives have like three or four damage on them, and his Hoth objectives have you know, only needs like two damage. It's like I'm gonna play that and win on my turn. So I mean that that's that's happened a couple times. Um, not to mention the sabotage in the snow, um, or yeah, sabotage in the snow is actually really really good. If you see an see a Jedi affiliation card, I generally will take that because of the um, n- normally you, you're going to see shields on the, your opposing side. So during the conflict phase, if even if you're defending, you can grab a shield from that because the shielding happens after uh, the shielding happens before the react. Or no, no, I'm sorry, no, it doesn't. Um, but you get what I'm trying to say. I, I got ahead of myself there. So uh, yeah, it triggers at the beginning of your conflict phase. So if your opponent had any leftover from their turn, right? Yeah. So, it's when I've seen it as a light side player, it's been easy enough to play around. Right. 
Um, Sometimes it's not, though. But it does force you to play around it, mm-hmm. um, especially with the what is the forward command post, right? Gosh, that, yeah, such a good, su- such good. So, you know, if you ha- if none of those are out yet, then I can say, well, it'd be nice to not give them a free shield, but it, I can plan for it. Right. If the forward command post is out there, then I have to really think about it. Yeah. No, and yeah, how to really... play around the shield. Yeah, I mean, and then of course, Emperor's Emperor's Web is basically there for the resource and for for the protector and Palpatine. Uh, Force Lightning, Force Choke is is really good, but I've been noticing a lot of light side side players, at least, at least in Octagon, using uh, Lando's objective set, which is really encouraging because Lando's objective set is awesome. But um, yeah, that's uh, that is the deck talk for this week. Um, has does anyone have anything to add? to anything that has been stated over the entirety of the podcast, any other points that they've just randomly thought of? Um, I was just going to say that uh, the Sabotage in the Snow is great for that Vanguard, the Snowtrooper Vanguard. Yeah. Because that in and of itself is a perfect Falcon Killer or... And, uh, and along with the 501st Legion, because they just... <laughs> I mean, that's like pure damage just going yeah. across the board that you can't really escape. So I, it's it's pretty great. No, I would, yeah, I would definitely agree. Uh, also, the Snow Trooper for one cost is also pretty funny because you're just like, I'm going to play this for one cost just because. Why not? And, uh, you know, the the resource really isn't a problem. I mean, you have most of your units cost three or less, and uh, most of them are going to be able to play. You're, you're, you actually are able to play quite a few units uh, per turn, which is also really good. Um um, I usually don't be like, oh man, I wish I had resources. It's, I mean, with the free wampas, the snowtroopers and whatnot. I mean, even versus a sleuth deck, um, it's actually pretty easy to play around once you see those objectives. Like, oh, he's playing sleuths. I better not play my, you know, five oh first legion turn one because that would be stupid. So, um, and generally you want a mulligan um, if you don't have uh, like a two cost unit or a uh, Sith Holocron or something that's like would be really really useful uh, there's been a couple times where I have mulliganed even if I had the executor and a couple other good cards just because I you, you can't play the executor in this deck unless you have Sith Holocron same with Palpatine so uh, it's it's just it's just one of those decks that you have to kind of get used to playing I'm still not very good at, at mulliganing I'm, I'm getting better but um Anyway, all right, gentlemen, I think we're going to wrap up the show. It's been a great, great end-of-the-year show to wrap 2013 up. Uh, so far, um, Star Wars Living Card Game has been a lot of fun. There's been a couple couple instances where I was like, ah, I don't want to play anymore, and then um, you know, another set comes out, and it's like, okay, cool, I'm starting to get back into it again. So, But, I mean, just seeing the next cycle and some of the spoilers for the light side really, really kind of renewed my faith in fantasy flight games because i was starting to get a little worried there it's like okay are we gonna have another unbalanced star wars game because that would suck but um yeah i think the direction that they're going with the game um the way they're just taking the the force struggle like the way it was with core and up until now it's been pretty basic where you know do i want that free damage or do i want the dial a tick up to want to slow the game down then i got to take control but now they're going into that and just totally diving in and blowing it up and totally changing our perceptions of how we should play that yep in order to in, in order to make the game better in my opinion and it makes it deeper and that's the stuff i love it's just playing mind games and doing all that stuff and 
I think it's going to be a great year based on the the cycle that they've shown and the spoilers they've shown so far. I think it's going to be great mm-hmm. to be able to go in there and play that. It's almost like a game in a game. So I, I can't wait for that kind of stuff. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Nick, closing thoughts on the year. Closing thoughts on the year. Um, I I don't know. It's it's been a good year. I mean, I didn't get into this until you know springtime, and and I'm still sticking with it. And I think the community is thriving. Um, I will not mention certain lack thereof metas because we don't do that anymore. I do solemnly swear never to mention that. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that's more to embarrass our local stores for not supporting us, which is a shame considering the the store championship circuit and certain stores, specifically mine, being on that and not supporting the game, uh, which yeah. is really really bad and hypocritical. But um, I think it's a great year. I think you know it's. The fact that they've already revealed four packs in the next cycle, you know, before the year is even out, is just a huge thing. We've already had two expansions. Uh, the game is going strong. I think the community is still growing. Uh, there's people on Octagon who are new every other day. Uh, I think it's just it's it's been a good year, and it's going to be a good year coming forward. Agreed. Uh, definitely agreed. Matt, final thoughts in the year. Um, just want to tell everyone play more cards. Woo! I, I think, I, I, you know, I been excited about this game all year um there's of course been times when i play every day and times when I, it's been like it's been three weeks why haven't i played star wars but That's life yeah life who needs it <laughs> but overall it's been a great year i think the the direction the game's going is good i think um unlike a certain other star wars game fantasy flight makes the rules are all nice and clear. It they can introduce more cards without breaking it every time. <laughs> I, I love X Wing, but man, are the rules um, let's just say not very tight. Nick, I I don't know if you play X Wing, but I bet it drives you crazy as a um, attorney. I've played X Wing a few times. My buddy who lives in DC loves it and owns multiples of all the ships because not that he plays with them but he just likes to have them on his shelf and uh i don't know it's it's not my cup of tea so you're you're right in that in that regard yeah but i i think there's a lot of room for this game to grow i think they've shown a willingness to both focus on theme and on mechanics mm-hmm. um, the hoth cycle was all about the theme the mechanics tied into the theme the next cycle is built on a mechanic and making the force struggle matter. And there's probably going to be lots of themes that tie into that. But I think just the willingness to take both directions in the design will make a huge difference in the ability to sustain the game. No, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I, th- I think that Fantasy Flight's definitely taking that game direction in a a way that I was hoping that they would go because I was just like, ah, come on, do it, do it, do it. And they did. And I was like, yeah. So, um, you know, again, uh, just kind of recapping, um, you know, this year has been great. Um, it's, I've met a lot of really, really awesome people. Uh, made a lot of really new, uh, really good new friends. Um, want to give a shout out to, um, Alex, Joe, Chris, and Ernie, and also Ken, uh, who shows up every once in a while at my local store. We finally made a Facebook group, and we're starting to get back into uh, trying to get some some organized play going. 
So hopefully, if you guys uh, take the chance, uh, time to listen uh, this week, I know you guys are busy with your families, but uh, shout out to you guys for being awesome and uh, introducing me to the game. Also, uh, shout out to Shriggs, a.k.a. Jeff, who a uh, longtime friend of mine who was actually the first person to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm at this cool store called Teen Covenant. They're, they introduced me to this really cool game. Um, he actually almost uh, got me into Lord of the Rings. That was the game we almost picked. And I'm so glad that didn't happen. Uh, we're like, you know what? Star Wars looks really cool. And uh, fun story, actually. What sold me on the game was the art for Force Lightning. I'm not kidding. Like, I was like, that is the coolest card I have ever seen in a card game in a long time. We're playing Star Wars. <laughs> so, so we know which sleeves Patrick uses. I actually, I use pink and black sleeves. So, gonna gonna be changing that up soon. But uh, all, all my Jedi's are uh, pink, or all my light side are pink, and all my dark side are black. So, yeah, judge me if you want to. But anyway, uh, Josh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time this evening. Uh, thank you for Nick and Matt for staying up a little bit extra later than normal. Do appreciate that. And um, to every one of our listeners out there, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, have a safe and pleasant holidays, and may the Force be with you. God bless. Take care, everybody. See you next year, and let's rock on with some awesome light side decks. Yeah!